Ending small business failure. Welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with the number one small business expert, Melinda Emerson. Melinda's goal is to end small business failure, and she'll give you the information you need to succeed and live the life you dream of. Now, here's the small biz lady herself, Melinda Emerson. Hi, everybody. This is Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady, and I'm so excited to be talking to you today on the Small Biz Chat Podcast. And today we're going to talk about where can I get some money? You know, this is the number one question that I am so often asked by small business owners who are interested in growing their business or sometimes even, you know, people ask this question if they're about to start a business. And I thought it would be really helpful to have sort of like a brass tacks conversation with everybody um, about this topic because I believe that there's a lot of misinformation out here and there's a lot of, what do I call, fantasies of grandeur about about this kind of stuff. And so I think that it's really important for us to talk and think about when we think about funding a business, particularly funding a startup business, or, you know, if you've been in business for a while and you notice that you're constantly having cash flow challenges and that, you know, it might make sense for you to, you know, get a line of credit or get a business loan. I really do think that there are some, you know, fundamental things that you need to know upfront. And, and, and first of all, the, the thing that I like to tell small business owners all the time, startup folks, is that in most cases, the money to start your business is going to come from you. It's going to come from your right or your left pocket. And so it's really important that you have some skin in the game, that you have some money to set aside to invest in your business. And so how do you do that, right? Well, first of all, if you are a single person, you got to cut back. I mean, you really should be saving 20 to 40% of every paycheck a year or two out before you start your business. And you need to do that for two reasons. Number one, you need to save money so that you can have your initial operating costs for your business. But you also need to save money because you're going to have to have a rainy day fund for your business, not just an emergency savings account for your household, but actually one for your business because stuff happens. And then you really got to think about how you're going to do that. Because unless you are starting a business that has the potential to put a million eyeballs on your product or service, you are really not going to build something that an investor really is is terribly interested. And so there's lots of people out here. There's, you know, venture capital networks and angel investors and all this stuff. But honestly, those guys are looking for scalable, technology-driven businesses, maybe perhaps a business that could be franchised, but it's got to be a big business that's scalable. And, you know, most people are not starting this kind of businesses. So unless you're starting, you know, an app or, you know, some kind of business that is scalable with, you know, that that's the only way they're going to get their money back. So I don't want you to waste a lot of time chasing investors when your business isn't the type of business that would be attractive to investment. And so, you know, product-based businesses are far more attractive than service-based businesses because service-based businesses are hand-to-hand combat. It's relationship-driven. You got to go out there and earn a customer every time. And so it's really important for you to, you know, figure out what kind of business you're starting and whether or not your business is big enough or what could be big enough to attract investment. 
And then if you're not necessarily going to be, have an opportunity to go and pitch investors, you know, it might make sense for you to go around and do pitch competitions to raise money, but just know anything you do other than run your business is a distraction. And you could spend two years running around doing pitch contests and really not have a true proven concept of your business. I really like to encourage people to do pitch contests, certainly once they have a a viable product, but I like to tell people to go do pitches when they have sales, like when you can really speak to testimonials and how you help people, you're a lot more compelling in a pitch contest. You know, I have been a judge for many, many a pitch contest, and the people who resonate the most are the people who know their customer, know the profit margin of their product, they know their cost, they know their numbers, they're shrewd, they're a good salesperson, they're engaging. I mean, those are the people that win. But it takes a lot of time to get there. You know, your first pitch is not going to be your best pitch. You've got to practice your pitch. You've got to know your numbers. It's amazing to me how often you see people on Shark Tank and they have this incredibly inflated sense of what their business is worth and all this stuff. And, you know, so they end up, you know, offending someone that could be an investor, you know, but you even have to weigh the Shark Tank thing, right? Because to me, Shark Tank is about getting a deal, maybe, but most of the time it's about getting publicity for your product or service, whether you do a deal or not. So there are strategic reasons to go on Shark Tank and pitch, but you really got to be ready no matter who you're pitching. So that's another option. You could, you know, sign up for a bunch of pitch contests. The other thing you could do is crowdfunding, right? So let's, let's have a real conversation about crowdfunding. The average crowdfunding campaign raises $10,000. That's not a lot of money. You could actually just go run your business and get that. So you've got to think about whether or not you're going to take down your focus from running your business to then focus on this crowdfunding campaign and all the emails and all the investor follow-up communications. And, and really, the best crowdfunding campaigns that I have seen actually are product-based businesses. And you have to have an amazing one or two minute video about your why story for this product. You know, and and I've seen it. I certainly have invested in crowdfunding campaigns, but it's usually because I wanted the thing that they were trying to sell or it was because someone I knew and I, I just wanted to support them. But just know that everybody and their mother has a crowdfunding campaign. And, you know, the first 30% of people that invest in a crowdfunding campaign are typically people that know you. So if people aren't supporting you before you launch a crowdfunding campaign, let's be really clear. They're not going to support you just because you need money and you decide to put up a crowdfunding campaign. I mean, think about it. Who is going to invest in someone? just so they can one day maybe hopefully become a millionaire. Like that, you, you have to give people more of a reason than other than I need money. People really, in a crowdfunding campaign, people are all about what they're going to get for their money. What, are, are they going to get the product? Are they going to get um, a t-shirt? Are they going to, you know, what are they going to get? So your giveaways from your crowdfunding campaign probably are 60% of part of the reason why people decide to invest in you. The product's compelling. The story's got to be compelling. 
and the and the products the giveaways have got to be compelling depending on the level of funding that they give you so you know crowdfunding can work it has worked i mean there's certainly people that have made a million dollars from crowdfunding but know that that's extremely rare that's not typical the typical crowdfunding campaign that's $10,000. So you would do better just trying to run your business and grow your business organically than doing that. But, you know, the, the thing that I want to talk about related to funding is you really, before you start pursuing funding for your business, you need to be honest with yourself about whether or not a business loan is really the problem in your business because it could be your business model is the problem. It could be you're just not selling enough or your product is not priced appropriately to earn you a profit margin. So you really want to make sure before you borrow money that you have a really clear way that you're going to turn that money into more money so that you can pay it back. It's, it, you know, because you can get money and it create a bigger problem for you. So I really want you all to think about that as you think about, oh gosh, I really need money. Well, you know, how much money do you need? How fast can you turn that loan into revenue is, is, is your key thing. You should never borrow money that you don't know how you're going to turn into more money. And, and when you decide that you want to get a business loan, Let's just say you, you've made the decision, you know, I've been in business for at least two years. I have positive cash flow, but we're having constant cash flow problems. I'm going to go get a business loan. Try your bank first. Your bank will actually have the lowest interest rate you could possibly get. But now let's be clear. 8,000 loans are turned down every day in America for small businesses. So if you can get a bank loan, that's the best loan for you to get, but you might not get one. So let's say you apply for a bank loan and you get turned down. What do you do? Well, there's all of these organizations called CDFIs, which are community development financing institutions, and they are nonprofit organizations typically that are in your community that also do business loans. So I am based in the Philadelphia market. So we have lots of different organizations here who I, I can think of six or seven off the top of my head that do business loans that are not banks. They are, you know, community development organizations. They are nonprofit organizations that might have an SBA grant to do loans. So there's all kinds of organizations. You really just want to look online and see what's available in your community. Now, you gotta be ready before you go apply for anybody's loan. So what do I mean by ready? Well, number one, you have to have a, a current business plan. You can't just walk up to somebody and say, hey, I'm running a business, could use a few dollars, can you loan us $20,000, $25,000? You need to have a plan. You need to tell people what's going on in your business, who your customers are, how you serve, how you, you know, how you're gonna turn this thing into money. The next thing you gotta know is what your credit score is. So in, when you're approaching a bank, they want you to be seven, 750 or higher. If you're approaching a CDFI, usually their terms can be a little bit more relaxed, but you still have to have a credit score of at least 620. But here's some other things you got to have. You got to have up-to-date taxes, right? Because they're going to ask you for two years of personal taxes, two years of business taxes. So you can't have not filed your taxes for four years and be trying to go get a business loan. It's not going to work like that. So you want to make sure that your credit is right and that your paperwork is tight and that you have a current business plan. 
really, really important. You also should have a little media kit about yourself. Like, you know, has your business won any awards? Have you been featured on, you know, TV or the newspaper or something like that? Anything you can show that, that gives you credibility is important when you're putting together a loan package to submit to an organization or to your bank. And again, you want to make sure no matter what you pull together, that you develop, that you map out how you're going to use this money to make money. And just understand that when it comes to banks or a CDFI, no one's going to loan you more than about 10 to 15% of your gross revenue. So if your gross revenue is $500,000, that means you possibly can borrow fifty to $75,000. But that's it. So if your revenue is lower than that, know that you're going to get lower than that. So and typically CDFIs tend to do anywhere from ten dollars to $35,000 if it's a microloan program. There are organizations that do bigger loans that might do, you know, $100,000 to $250,000 loans. You know, so there's lots of different ways to skin a cat. I mean, if you're trying to buy a building, you might be able to get an SBA 7J loan. And be clear, let me talk about the SBA for a minute. The SBA does guarantees for loans. The SBA does not make loans. You still have to have a banking partner before you go to get a loan. So the SBA will come in with their guarantee, but you still are going to end up at a bank. And so understand that there's a there's a, a symbiotic relationship between the SBA and banks. Um, the other thing you want to know is, if you are going to borrow money, you want to understand when your payments are due. Are they due monthly? Typically they are. But, you know, if you end up taking money from a hard money lender, like, a, you know, cash advance loan, merchant advance loan, sometimes those uh, payments are due daily if you're an e-commerce business or they're a bare minimum, they're usually due weekly. And because if they give you a monthly interest rate, they will actually raise the interest rate really high. But the, the interest rate on merchant advance or hard money loans are really, really high. They are the loan of last resort. You do not want to do it unless you're up against a wall and can't do anything else. And be clear, those guys are going to be able to have access directly to your bank account. They will go right into your bank account and get their money. You will not have the option to pay them or not pay them. They will go get the money. So the thing you want to know, no matter who you're doing a loan with, is you want to know, are there any closing costs connected to the loan? And usually hard money lender type folks, there definitely are. But the cool thing is that now there's other options. You know, QuickBooks is doing loans. American Express is doing business loans and and they tend to, you know, if you're a QuickBooks customer, they know exactly how much money's moving through your business. So it's a very quick, I mean, they can turn this money around in like 24, 48 hours. You always want to find out if there's any penalty for paying off early. So that's something that's really, really important. And you just want to make sure that you're, you know, doing this the smart way. Do not borrow money that you're not really clear how you're going to pay back don't borrow money to pay off past debts, you know, borrow money to move your business forward. And if you do take out a line of credit, I do want to do a little bit of a public service announcement about lines of credit. You really want to make sure that if you open up a line of credit with a banking institution, know that lines of credit are for temporary short-term cash flow issues. 
you want to use a line of credit and you want to get your line of credit back to zero within 60 to 90 days. You use lines of credit when you're like waiting on a check from a customer and you got to make payroll. So you use your line and then when that check comes in, you pay your line off. That's what you want to do. That is how you want to be with a line of credit. If you end up using your line of credit to actually operate your business, that is how you're going to mess up your business banking relationship. You don't want to do that. You want to make sure that at least once or twice a year, that that balance is back down to zero. And that way you start building up your credibility with your bank so that when you're ready for a bank loan, they already have two years of great track record. You've done well with your line of credit. You've managed it. You use it. You pay it off. You use it. You pay it off. That's the best way to do it. You also want to make sure that you're paying more than the interest on your bank loan. You want to make sure that you are paying interest and principal. Really, really important. Now, when it comes to setting up your business bank accounts, I believe that you should have three different bank accounts. And the other thing about setting up your business bank account that I want to say too is that your personal bank and your business bank should be two different banks. You should not have your personal funds and your business funds in the same bank. It's way too tempting and easy to co-mingle funds and you just don't want to do it. I also believe in using third-party credit cards. I don't like using credit cards issued from the same bank that you use, so I would prefer that you you know, get a small business credit card from another institution other than where you do your operational banking because you just, if something ever happened, they can go in your accounts and seize the money to satisfy your credit card debt. And so you just don't want to do that. You want to keep everything separate and clean for your own purposes, for the IRS, all that stuff. Just your bank, business bank and personal bank should not not, not, not be the same bank. Now, when it comes to setting up your banking accounts, there are three specific accounts. I think you should, obviously you need an operating account, which is how you pay all of the bills of your business. You should also have a money market account. So let's say you have a client that pays you 50% in, in advance for a contract. If you are being paid that money, you shouldn't let that money sit in your operating account because it's not doing anything for you. So you should have a money market account where you put monies that you're going to use for a later date. Or if you get a really big payment from a client and you don't want that money sitting in your operating account, put that money in your money market account. Money market accounts earn interest. So you definitely want to have a money market account, which, which will kind of function like your emergency savings account for your business. And then you have an operating account, which is how you pay your bills. But I also, you know, one of my good college classmates is Mike McCallowitz, and he wrote this great book called Profit First. And he talks about having a profit account. And he believes that your profit account should be in a different bank than your business bank and that you should pay yourself two to 10% of every single check that comes into your business off the top, you should have a profit account. And this is above and beyond your salary that you're paying yourself. This will be, you know, your money that you've earned. Too many of us, you know, are still not even taking paychecks and stuff in your business. And if your profit account was in the same bank as your operating account, you absolutely know that you'll rob from yourself. You will steal from yourself and put that money right back in your business. And you should not do that because your family needs to eat. <laughs> you need to pay your mortgage. So you need to set up your own profit account and it should be in a separate bank. So 
these are just some of my money rules that I wanted to share with you guys because I just think it's really important because so often people are like, where do I get money? Well, there's some stuff you got to know about money and how you need to position yourself to get money from people. But as always, I'm going to leave you with an action point for the week. Be honest about whether or not a loan is really what the problem is in your business. Is it really that you need money or is it that you need a different business model? Know how much money you actually need and then make sure you know how you're going to turn any loan money into revenue. If you know those things, then you will be much smarter and much wiser as you pursue financing for your business. I'm Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady, and you're listening to the Small Biz Chat Podcast. Till next time. Thank you for listening to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with Melinda Emerson. For more resources and small business success strategies, Visit SucceedAsYourOwnBoss.com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and join us next Wednesday.